the still unknown relationship between what we call the unconscious psyche and what we call matter, a mystery with which psychosomatic medicine endeavors to grapple. In studying this still undefined and unexplained connection, it may prove to be that psyche and matter are actually the same phenomenon, one observed from within and the other from without. Dr. Jung put forward a new concept that he called synchronicity. This term means a meaningful coincidence of outer and inner events that are not themselves causally connected. The emphasis lies on the word meaningful. If an aircraft crashes before my eyes as I am blowing my nose, this is a coincidence of events that has no meaning. It is simply a chance occurrence of a kind that happens all the time. California and afterwards in these past few days have been just full of synchronicities and it's just kind of hard to ignore and it, I feel like once you recognize one synchronicity in your life, you begin to recognize just so many. So anyway, when I went out to California, first of all, the reason I chose that marathon was because I've always felt a pull to the West Coast in California, especially. Choosing between that and Key West, and of course, Key West got just battered by the hurricane a month ago, and so now that one is postponed until December. So I ended up choosing the Long Beach one even before I knew about the hurricane. Um, so when I went to I just kind of fell in love with the whole place. I just fell in love with the energy, the people, the the beach, which I think the beach is directly correlated to why the energy there is so good and so high vibrational. Chance occurrence of a kind that happens all the time. But if I bought a blue frock and by mistake the shop delivered a black one on the day one of my near relatives died, this would be a meaningful coincidence. The two events are not causally related, but they are connected by the symbolic meaning that our society gives to the color black. Wherever Dr. Jung observed such coincidences in an individual's life, it seemed, as the individual's dreams revealed, that there was an archetype activated in the unconscious of the individual concerned. To illustrate this by my example of the black frock, in such a case, the person who receives the black frock might also have had a dream on the theme of death. It seems as if the underlying archetype is manifesting itself simultaneously in inner and external events. The common denominator is a symbolically expressed message, in this case, a message about death. As soon as we notice that certain types of event like to cluster together at certain times, we begin to understand the attitude of the Chinese, whose theories of medicine, philosophy, and even building are based on a science of meaningful coincidences. The classical Chinese text did not ask what causes what, but rather what likes to occur with what. Discovery Houston, you are go for the deorbit burn. Discovery copies, go for the deorbit burn. Flight controllers here in Houston unanimously, unanimously agreed that Discovery has a go to performance deorbit burn. The action that'll drop it out of low Earth orbit and set it on a course for an 8.08 a.m. Central Time landing at Kennedy Space Center's runway 33. I don't know, I hope the lighting's okay right here. But anyway, 
Long Beach literally like a day later, my friend from New York that I used to work with said that he's managing a vegan restaurant in Long Beach and he lives there and that if I come out there that he can get me a job and Discovery's orbital maneuvering system engines are now firing. The team here in Space Shuttle Flight Control Room reports. They'll burn for two minutes and 57 seconds, slowing Discovery down by 301 feet per second or 205 miles per hour. Good burn, Discovery. Copy, good burn. So the funny part about it is that rigged is a word. Uh, I have my money in mutual funds. Um, I don't think the investment process is broken by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but when you ask the question, is the stock market, the way it's designed, um, does it systematically disadvantage certain people? The answer to that is yes. Also, like one of my childhood friends um, just moved out there like last week and um, she said like we should totally meet up. Um, if we're both out there at the same time, and everyone's just been super encouraging of me moving out there, and we just met. So you can see much the same underlying theme in astrology, and in the way various civilizations have depended on consulting oracles and paying attention to omens. All of these are attempts to provide an explanation of coincidence that is different from one that depends on straightforward cause and effect. Okay. So you have Irish? Yes. Iberian, so nine, Italian. Okay. Yeah, nine percent Italian, fourteen percent Iberian, sixteen percent Irish, sixteen percent Scandinavian, and Eastern and Western 19%, European. Yeah, East. I don't even know what that means. That seems yeah. very vague. That yeah. could be anybody. So I really thought I have Swiss in mine. I thought I was gonna have some um, German. Dr. Jung sketched a way in which we might penetrate deeper into the interrelation of psyche and matter. And it is precisely toward such a relation that the symbol of the stone seems to point. But this is still a completely open and insufficiently explored matter with which future generations of psychologists and physicists must deal. Such a necessary step in getting to where I want to be. I think that that is like the next location that is going to teach me what I need to learn just in my life path. So, yeah, I, I feel like that is exactly where I'm meant to be right now in that trip. Just um, Synchronistic events almost invariably accompany the crucial phases of the process of individuation, but too often they pass unnoticed because the individual has not learned to watch for such coincidences and to make them meaningful in relation to the symbolism of his dreams. Uh, and I'll explain to you exactly why that is. And, and I think over the course of time, what's happening is people who, it's, who, who are being systematically disadvantaged are the people who know the least about the stock market. Even the Hobbit, um, J.R.R. Tolkien, he actually went back and changed some of Gollum's backstory in the second edition of The Hobbit to better fit with the storyline that he laid out in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So that would be an example of Retcon also, where he is tweaking some facts to make it fit better with the future installments. It just really helped me to realize that, just being there, physically being there and being with the people, and also like having my mom there I think really helped. It really helped her to 
realized why I love it there so much because it's hard for her that the thought of me being that far away. But I think now that she got to experience it, um, she kind of understands and realizes that. Uh, Trevor mentioned this when we were talking about this panel also. Uh, the Star Trek reboot, basically the entire film is a retcon. It's a self-contained extent, right? It's the whole time paradox that they brought up. So you can call it like a microverse or an alternate universe or an alternate reality. So they can pretty much start and stop with that series of movies if they wanted to. But it's still a change. It's still a I'm excited. Oh, look! I have... All right, so it says 47% Great Britain, 38% Western Europe. Wow, that's interesting. So we're like Great Britain heavy duty. Yeah. All right. Oh, Quinn will be so excited. I have two <laughs> genetic communities, whatever that means. So here's the regions. Um, there's not very many, it's hard to find examples of subtraction retcon. And basically this is where you are taking something out of the canon and saying it never really happened. You know, don't look behind the curtain. Um, Dallas, they had an entire season of this show where they were kind of like, oh, it was a dream. Uh, so... <laughs> It clearly probably wasn't that successful, but um, that's an example of how you would use subtraction back time when you just kind of pretend it never happened. Well, yeah, for sh I have to be German. My well, German, I think, is, it's, oh, that, it's is an, Europe yeah, there, European. Western Europe, maybe, or Eastern East. Europe. What happens when you click on Okay, yeah. So that can... Okay, so Europe... And Commander Alan Poindexter is now at the controls of Space Shuttle Discovery as it's reached subsonic sound. Speeds, rather. Oh, this is good. Early settlers of, settlers of Tennessee, Tennessee in the deep, deep south. south. That makes sense. Yeah, because we that's come from there. Yep. And Midwest and Lower Virginia. All right, let's go to this ethnicity thing. Oh, wow. So Great Britain is huge. Is forty-seven percent. Europe West, which is like where Switzerland, I'm from. where yeah. I think I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Ireland was eight so pretty much it's those two for yeah. me. And I've got some United States. Let's, let's see here. Let's try the Western. Can you I click? On... Western is Germany, like I thought. So oh, okay. The most is Germany. Okay, yeah. So 21%. So Belgium, France, German. Literally. <laughs> what the heck? I knew it. We didn't even see the results. I was just going to say that. All right, here we go. Ah, I'm so nervous. What? Babe, we might be related. Well, that's funny. That's not what we would have thought. So he woke up and the whole entire series was a dream. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so the entire series was a retcon, a subtraction retcon. <laughs> All this time he's been back up on So how is this managed, particularly in the Star Wars universe? You have this guy here. He is an actual person. His name is Leland Chi, um, and his title is the Keeper of the Holocron. And this was the Holocron is basically a massive compendium of all things Star Wars. It was officially put together in 2000, and that is his job. He is the keeper of the Holocron, so anything that comes... Playing chess on a chessboard by consensus fails almost every time. So we get back to this, individuals and small groups have far more power to influence events than we assume. 
Small groups are going to change things. That's where the power is. You get five or eight people together and you can really act on something. If there's 20 people or 100, it gets dumbed down towards the political uh, expedience. And remember to be kind to yourself. Being effective is more important than being perfect. We hear about climate change, we hear about all this stuff, and I want to be vegetarian, and I want to drive an electric car, and I got to recycle, and there's so much that we end up going freaking crazy, because you can't be perfect, you can't do it all. Continuance, you know, they, they're really dedicated to continuity, despite the fact that they often step on their own toes, um, they do make an effort to then go back and do a lot of retcon, which some franchises just don't even bother to do. Um, they either just reboot it all the time or just have a lot of contradictory information out there and they don't bother to cross-reference it, which is fine for them. But I think that's one of the appealing things about the Star Wars Expanded Universe and Star Wars in general, is that it is one continuous timeline. Well, the reality is that there's not a single industry on the planet that would be profitable if all the environmental yeah. externalities so were included in the price. So 37% Europe West, 31% Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. <laughs> 18% Great Britain. So we're basically the same. What? Except not really, because you're West, and I was higher Great Britain, and that's your lowest right. main one. The economy is a fully a subset of the environment. Cost of his properties, whether it's a video game, a toy line, a new novel, series, uh, he kind of has to check it and make sure that it fits in with um, all the pre-existing facts and information that, that he has. Um, authors have access, um, all the creators have access to the Holocron. Obviously, it is a bit overwhelming. The humans are the only people on Earth. There's 362,000 human babies born every day, which is almost twice as much as the entire non-human grade A population of 200,000. So it's Leland's job to kind of help guide them through the process. Um, Surrounded by students that nod their head and when they learn something. So I get paid in things other than dollars. I get paid in things that have meaning to me. Um, the only time I kind of feel like a loser is when one of my former Wall Street buddies comes and is like, hey, just got back from Zambia. We went on a three-week uh, safari with the whole family. It was, you know, and then I'm like, well, I could never afford that anymore. And I, I kind of feel bad. But as soon as I leave and I'm around my farmer friends and my student friends, it's very important who you surround yourself by, uh, because then I feel great. Like when I talk to Ivan, I feel very good. Um, okay, so um, you, you've all probably seen tests like this, that as our wealth goes up, we get immense benefits to our well-being if we're very poor. So Trevor has some fun points when we're talking about this panel, and, and we talked That's a little bit about the one I emailed. <laughs> yeah, I gave it the title. Um, and obviously, we don't have any control over how authors decide to do retconning. Um, so the people who actually do the retconning, oftentimes with Leland, um, he has a blog. There was. Um... But once we have around sixty thousand dollars salary per year, the benefits flatline. I used to manage money for billionaires, and the ones that had two hundred million dollars, all they wanted to do was get to five hundred million. But five years later, when they had five hundred million, their buddies had a billion, and they wanted to get billion. It's not about the dollars, it's about the feelings they got every day. And they were no happier than the clerks that were processing the trades. So I've lived this. I know that it flatlines here. It's important to be where you are happiest. And I know she just wants the best for me, so. Yeah, I'm thinking about in a couple of weeks or maybe a month, um, just going out there and figuring 
figuring it all out. Because I, I definitely believe that when you're in the place that you're meant to be, things will fall into place. But the most important thing is just to get out there. So. The Netherlands uses around the same amount of energy per capita as the United States. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, is the same amount of happiness, and we use double the energy. But a big, a big job, and the fact that that's his entire job description um, means that Lucas is definitely dedicated to making sure that there's some form of continuity in this universe. And that's really the, the thing that I like most about the Star Wars universe is that they have really committed to keeping things continuous. Sonic Boom's announcing Discovery's arrival. It's now just 68 miles away from Kennedy Space Center, 27,000 feet in altitude, and traveling 530 miles per hour. Discovery on at the 180. On at the 180. Pilot Jim Dutton now taking over controls of the shuttle for a moment. That call from Capcom Rick Sturco indicates the shuttle has 180 degrees to go in its turn around toward runway 33. All continuing to look good on board Discovery as it makes it way, its way home. 68 miles to go, currently 3 miles in altitude, and traveling 420 miles per hour. Discovery, you are on at the 90. On at the 90. And Commander Alan Poindexter now back in control of Space Shuttle Discovery. Just two minutes now until touchdown. There are other cultures on Earth we are only beginning to understand. This is a bowhead whale. They live over 200 years up in uh, the Arctic. We know that because uh, Eskimo killed one and had a, found a spear point in it from the late 1700s. Um, and note blogs on Star Wars site that often authors will go back and write um, epilogues to some of their work to kind of tie in some of the retcons. Uh, the authors themselves can actually perform retroactive continuity in their own works if they want to retcon something else from a different work. So that's kind of how it typically works. But Trevor has some fun advice for people. And like I said, we obviously can't talk to them and give them our advice, but if they're listening anywhere, this is what we think you should do when you're, when you're planning a retcon. And we'd like to get some feedback, too. Good view of Discovery here. Still 73 miles away from Kennedy Space Center and 15 miles up traveling 1,700 miles per hour with six minutes to go. Switzerland, Netherlands. Okay. So no Native American, though. That's... It doesn't narrow it down nearly as close as I would have no. hoped either. Because, okay, so this is what I've been told. That my grandma... Um, that's Yeah, it did nothing for the sword. My paternal grandmother, 
her grandmother was full-blooded Sioux Indian, or maybe it was her great-grandmother. So that would be a lie if this is true. Well, that's not necessarily true because you pull 50% of your DNA from your father, 50% from you your mother. You got zero coming from Native American. Yeah. So either she's lying or what this is. is. Discovery Houston, you are on energy approaching the hack. No changes to winds and weather. Go for nominal shoot deploy. Copy. Copy is in nominal shoot deploy. will soon be approaching the imaginary circle leading towards the runway that's created by the microwave scan beam landing system. That allows the commander and pilot to guide the vehicle as it makes its final approach to runway 33 at Kennedy Space Center. There the commander will take control of the shuttle steering once its speed has dropped below Mach 1. It's at 1.2 right now, Mach 1 being the speed of sound. Discovery is currently traveling 800 miles per hour, 68 miles away from Kennedy Space Center, and uh, less than 10 miles in altitude. Discovery will be making its left-hand overhead turn of 200 degrees before it's lined up with one runway 33. Everyone there knows their situation and they're surrounded by their family. They're all in the same situation. They're very happy. So it's this giant trap that we think we need more stuff to be happy. The truth is that humans are social primates. We're not apart from animals. We are animals and all that implies. The truth is, is that there's been lots of social contracts in our ancestral past. The Code of Hammurabi, 5,000 years ago in Mesopotamia. We had the Magna Carta. We had Syntagma in, in Greece. We had all kinds of documents that were agreements between humans at the time with what fit the social conditions. And now here we are, 200 odd years later, when everything has changed. We're impacting the biosphere. We have billions of people on the planet, and yet we're religiously following those rules. Uh, I'm not necessarily advocating to change that, but it's, it's a blind spot that we think this document will last forever. We can accurately assess what the future will be by doing research, discussion with friends, watching TV, etc. But then we encounter all these biases, some of which I talked about, confirmation bias, time bias, consensus trance. And what ends up happening is people gravitate towards two poles. And the reason they gravitate towards two poles... Houston Discovery, runway in sight. Roger. There's no problem. Technology will solve it. I don't need to worry about this. We're going to figure it out. We always have. Less than a minute and a half until touchdown. Discovery is now descending at a rate 20 times higher and seven times steeper than what a commercial airline um, would experience on its final approach. Pop up, so to say, in unusual ways, and that when uh, properly approached, uh, and uh, by way of that approach understood, can reveal meaning to us. So the, the letter that in the hymn of the pearl comes to us from the realm of transcendence is not purely um, inside of us, but it's also outside of us. And in both places we have to learn how to read the letter. Now, um, uh, the uh, 
let's see there's all kinds of ways of, of looking at this in the it's it's a let's see, it's a very mysterious subject and that's why I felt that you know quite a few uh, quite a few directions quite a few angles are needed to illuminate it and perhaps by being able to do this in several talks these two months we'll be able to uh, accomplish that um, we are uh, uh, creatures that are very much prone to uh, one-sidedness of consciousness this is uh, it's a good word C.J. Jung used it a lot and uh, uh, it's, it, it, it describes uh, a direction an orientation of our consciousness which um, well goes to one particular thing and not to any other and because of this unidirectional um, uh, tendency uh, of it uh, it uh, reveals to us only partial meaning and partial realities of, uh, when we are suffering from a one-sidedness of consciousness we are we never apprehend uh, reality as a whole but only as a part uh, I don't think we really need to uh, be told that too much uh, because we live in an extremely one-sided culture uh, and uh, that one-sidedness being an outer directed extroverted which is the, the psychological term for it um, um, direction of our consciousness 